talking softball. From Maine to San Diego, talking softball. Mattingly and Conseco, Ken Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw. Steve Sachs and his running with the law. We're talking Homer, Ozzy and the Straw. Four finger discount, dude. Nice guy, couldn't give a shit. Good father, fuck you, go home and play with your kids. And that's how we're going to start this week's <laughs> episode of Four Finger Discount. I'm not joking either. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. We're here. Proudly brought to you by Simpsons Quotes that nobody gets anymore, Facebook page, and nohomers.net. That was Mitch and I am Dando. That Why, was me. What were you doing then? I was doing Alec Baldwin from Glengarry Glen Ross, one yeah. of the greatest sales speeches of all time. You can find it on YouTube. He's, uh, I think he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. He's in the movie for about five minutes. And why he was doing that impersonation, you're never going to know. No, that's just a secret for us. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we're here to review Homer at the Bat. I cannot wait to get into it. Before that, though... Just want to thank everybody that rated and reviewed us in the iTunes store this week. Much appreciated. If you haven't done it yet, please do so. Just jump onto iTunes, give us a five-star rating, chuck us a little review as well. Helps us boost up the rankings on iTunes. Also, thank you to the people who donated this week. Thanks to Peter Thornton, Cameron McCormack, and Jared Dwayne. Much, much appreciated. If you'd like to chuck a couple of dollars our way, you don't have to, but it just goes helps us pay the bills. Batteries aren't cheap, for one thing. Exactly. <laughs> Listeners with a keen ear might have noticed that the audio quality has stepped up a little bit because Dando's decided to record in WAV format rather than MP3. I don't know what that means, but I do know that it means we go through about four batteries a session now. We go through a lot. You've got me a pack, like a mega pack. This is like, what's that um, Monster Mart on The Simpsons? Picture a pack of batteries <laughs> from like, that. That's what It's like a Costco me. packet of it's batteries. It's like three kilos of batteries in my hand right here. I love it. I, it, it the batteries were so heavy that my fuel economy went down in my car <laughs> bringing them over here so thanks again to peter thornton cameron mccormack and jared Dwayne. if you want to chuck us a couple of dollars you can just head to fourfingerdiscount.com.au forward slash donate or you can just send a donation to fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com via paypal as we said much appreciated every dollar counts so you don't have to but it goes a long way to helping paying the bills for four finger discount now you got something you want to tease to the listeners, don't you, Mitch? I have, Dando. It's funny that you should use the phrase, every dollar counts. And yeah. doesn't it just feel like such a long time since I've been here? No. No, not at all, <laughs> because I was here last night. We were laying down a little bit of a secret side project that we haven't quite... Uh, I don't, we haven't told the listeners about this yet. I don't even think we've alluded to this in emails. This has been really kept under the hat. It's something people have been asking for, though. Have they ever? Since we started. Almost yeah. since the very first week we did uh, this podcast, with people saying, you've got to do this for us. Please, can you do this? We have recorded, so far, two very, very special reviews. One of which, the one we were doing last night, was... Tobias! <laughs> Bart versus <laughs> Australia. It's finally done. Like, what we figured... I mean... We started out with this, and we, we're going to go chronologically through all of the episodes. But there's no denying the fact that a lot of people's favourite episodes we're not going to get to for a couple of years, because to do it chronologically, it's just going to take a long time. So, we've laid down a review for Bart versus Australia. We've also laid down a review for You Only Move Twice. They are jam-packed. Like, I think comfortably the best reviews we've done. Like, we've put a little bit more effort into them. We, you know, have got trivia up the yazoo. Like, there is so much going on. Like a, a normal episode for us goes for about an hour twenty minutes with mailbag and the back and forth and all that sort of stuff. I think we did an hour and twenty just on a review of Bart versus Australia. We did, yeah. Roughly, like it, about that, yeah, yeah. So what we're going to be doing? If you want to 
chuck us a dollar. By the way, this isn't a tease. This is just telling the people what we've done. Yeah, no, this is no. Well, it's not a te- well, it's not available yet, so it's yeah. a tease. But it's a it's a coming up soon. Yes. So we're going to be uploading these to our website. It's going to be on the website. So basically, the way it's going to work is you'll head to fourfingerdiscount.com.au and there'll be a link to it. Big picture saying Bart versus Australia, mm-hmm. or it's going to say premium podcast. Premium podcast. Click on that, and you'll be able to choose which one you want to download. And for one Australian dollar, one Australian dollar redo, one Australian dollar redo, not US dollars, one Australian dollar redo, you'll get access to download the file. So that's like sixty US cents or something. Yes. Now and about five hundred and thirty British pounds. For those of you at home, <laughs> <laughs> for those of you sitting at home. And going, but I don't want to pay a dollar to listen to that review. You don't have to. here's the really good news. Yeah, you don't have to. If you're, like, we we didn't want to exclude anybody from from what we've got. So, if you want to listen to that review for free, you can, and you will eventually get it in chronological order. Just wait a couple of years and we'll get to it. Exactly. If you want to jump ahead and you want to listen to your favorite episodes now, it's only a buck. One dollar. You know, I've spent less on apps that I've I've played for five and... Sorry, I've spent more on apps that I've played for five to ten minutes and then deleted from my phone. I spent a dollar fifty on Candy Crush yesterday. I dropped a dollar while I was walking today and I couldn't be bothered bending over to pick it back up. Oh, I'll be picking that up. (laughs) (laughs) Anything more than 50, I'm I'm going for it. It's all back and all. I don't mean to be frivolous, but, you know, it's a buck. It's, It's, you know, and... I'm really proud of what we put out. It is going to be fantastic to listen to. And for people that, you know, have wanted to know, you know, how can we contribute to the show, you know, a dollar might not feel that you don't want to go to the effort of donating if you only want to give a dollar, but we're actually giving something back this that's time. The, that's the purpose behind it. It was just like, how can we give back more? Like, how can we give the listeners more bang for the buck? And we figured, let's give them special, we'll, we'll jump forward in time and give them a special review podcast. Yep, special so, access. So, you'd... Technically, you're donating a dollar, but in return, you're getting to listen to Bart vs. Australia. Mm. You only move twice. Plus, it's in the, the cheapest near- time travel that you're ever going to come across. Exactly right. Yeah. And in the near future, we're going to be doing more reviews as well. We are. So, we're thinking maybe once a month, once every two months or so, we're going to pick out some of the special episodes from the golden years. Or if you guys have got requests, yeah. if there's something that you want a us movie, to do. movie, commentary, movie, anything, let us know. Whatever we'll you want, it. throw it out there and we can do it for you. Yes. So, with that being said, let's get into our review. Finally... Of Homer at the Bat. I loved this episode, man. Ah, oh, it's so great. This is one of the ones that I was looking forward to the most out of all of season three. Easily one of the, my favourite episodes we've reviewed so far. Not including Bart vs. Australia and You Only Move Twice. No, they're the best ones. Yeah. <laughs> every time this season where I've sort of, I'll go, oh, I wonder what episode we've got next because I'm very forgetful and I'll look through the list. I'll go, oh, oh there's that. There's a Holy shit. Homer at the bat. Like, yeah. it just, it, I keep getting, I've been every week, I'm like, oh, yes, th- this week's the week. And then, because I just wanted it to be here. Yeah. I always forget. That the, this episode was so long ago. Like I, I never, I always thought it was like a season five-ish episode. Uh, okay. I mean, yep. like season three, man, for its time, unbelievable. It's just hilarious from start to finish. Yeah. Even like the base, the even before the softball stuff happens, it's hilarious. Like home mm. with the sheet metal in the storm, <laughs> like amazing. Yeah. It's just so great. And plus the fact that they had so many guest stars, right? It mm. didn't feel cluttered. Every no. character had their own story and purpose. It was the like episode. the Avengers. Yes, it was like amazing. <laughs> to wrap them all up <laughs> into this 22-minute so package. Oh, it's just unbelievable writing. So, a few facts about the episode before we get into it. It was the first episode to ever beat The Cosby Show in the ratings on its mm. first airing. Just the use of guest stars obviously paid off. Yeah, I guess that would have had a fair bit to do with it. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how it was advertised that week and how it was marketed. That would be cool. Sam Simon apparently suggested the idea. He wanted to get all major league players on the, on the show. Mm. Do you think maybe he had in mind, though, the more guest stars we have, the potential we can have to beat the Cosby Show? Or do you think he just was a baseball fan? And I think he's just a baseball fan, yeah. yeah. I don't think they would have specifically... That's a little bit too kind of Machiavellian. Oh, I think the, the rivalry, though, was a bit sort of full-on between Cosby and the Simpsons back in the day, though. Yeah, like, they okay. really wanted to beat them. Anyway, yeah. how great would it have been to have been on the Simpsons in the glory days when... Even now, they can get guest stars, but 
being able to use something that you work on to meet the people that you want to meet. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Like, hey, do you want to come on oh, our well, show? Yeah, sure. To an extent, we've been able to do that ourselves. Yeah. In regards to the simple Harry yeah. Shearer, Joe, like, we interviewed Joe Montana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still can't get over that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? And we're not trying to brag. It's just literally us discussing because we still cannot believe how lucky we are the fact that we got to, t- uh, to talk to Joe Montana. That's in response to someone that suggested we were being a little bit too arrogant yeah. for talking about the things that we do. We're sorry. My response to that is fuck you. We're sorry that we're <laughs> proud of what we've done. <laughs> Al Jean considers this to be in the top five most significant episodes in the show's history for good mm-hmm. reason. Obviously, the first one to beat the Cosby show. Mm-hmm. I think, see, I wasn't, I was only like four at the time, five when this, when this aired. I feel like this would have been one of the episodes that really opened The Simpsons to a wider audience. People who were baseball fans who might not have watched The Simpsons might have watched it purely because their favourite stars were on the show. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely possible. It's like, for example, with me, I wasn't too much into UFC, but as soon as Brock Lesnar from WWE joined UFC, I started watching it. Oh, yeah, okay. Because it was that sort of, what's the word? Crossover the Crossover, appeal? yeah, crossover yeah. appeal, that's it. The voices of the baseball stars, which I thought was funny, the fact that they were playing softball in this, um, yeah. were recorded over a six-month period whenever the... The players were playing against the LA Dodgers or the California Angels. So whenever they were in town. Whenever basically. they were local, yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, all the players finished their lines in around five minutes and then spent the rest of their time signing autographs yep. for the cast and crew, which I thought was funny. <laughs> Many players actually turned down the role, which I thought was surprising, mm. including Carlton Fisk and Ryan Sandberg. So apparently a lot of the writers didn't get their first choices. Yeah, okay. I hope they didn't tell the players that. <laughs> you, well, you were my fourth choice, but we're glad to have you Yeah, here. that's true. It's a shame they didn't go for Keith Hernandez. Yeah. It's just based purely off his work on Seinfeld. It would have been great. <laughs> Jose Canseco was apparently very difficult. He was the only one who was difficult. Everyone I heard was, that. Everyone they had was to change the open. story based on Yeah, that. he yeah. was meant to wake up next to Mrs. Grabapel, and that's why he missed the game. Mm. His wife in real life was upset by this, said, yeah. no, you can't do it. So he complained. Said he had to be more heroic. He had to be a hero. And now I watch it, and I was like, I wouldn't say it takes away from the episode, but you watch now with that backstory thinking, oh, this guy's a fucking... No, I, but I like the fact that they've gone so far the other way that... Taking the piss They're out like, of it. Oh, you yeah. want to be a hero then? All right. Fuck you, man. This is what's going to happen. Yeah, that is You're going to spend yeah. an entire day pulling shit out of a house. Because you're watching, you sort of think it's over the top, but now you can understand yeah. why. And but- how can he possibly argue? I need to be more heroic. So they give him that. <laughs> he can't be like, well, that's too heroic. He just has to go, oh, damn. They and got me. He did an interview a few years ago. Did you read this? And someone mm. asked, someone questioned him about it. And he yeah, says, that was 100 years ago and hung up. Hung and up on him, yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't answer their calls again. Yeah. Weird. I wonder how Canseco feels about being questioned over his reference in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What is that reference? The the original movie? Yeah, the original movie when Casey Jones pulls out a bat with Raphael. It's like, what is that? A Jose Canseco bat? I don't remember that. Mm. (laughs) That was the first way I learned about who Jose Canseco (laughs) was. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. did not understand his line, there's a party in my mouth and everyone's invited. Mm. How do you not understand that one? I don't know. Apparently, he was very young at the time Difficult anyway. conceptualize. And got quite frustrated when he couldn't do it properly. They kept asking yeah. him to re-record it. Yeah. Uh, he's, he was directed by Mike Reese and his father, Ken Griffey Sr., was also there to try and coach him through it. Like, one line, dude. Come on. I can't imagine how, what sort of line reading, other than what he said, how could you read that differently? Yeah, like, there's a party in my mouth and everyone's invited. Yeah. How do you fuck that up? I don't know. I'd love to hear the outtakes. Like, how many times did he have to re-record that there's line? There's a party. In my mouth. It's like, up and atom. <laughs> Better. <laughs> Roger Clemens made his own chicken noises. I thought that was a little cool tidbit. You know, just in my head while you were talking, I wasn't really listening to you. I was just imagining Shatner doing it for no real reason at all. But it's just like, there's a party in my mouth. And everyone's invited. <laughs> Would have been great. 
Why you thought about that, I will <laughs> never know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> and you even did the acting. Oh, <laughs> look, look, you shook your head and everything. <laughs> you can't do Shatner without the physical. You, you shook yourself so much, your phone fell off your lap. <laughs> I know. I've lost my notes. <laughs> you got your beer in one hand, phone's falling on the floor. Uh, as we said, Roger Clemens made his own chicken noises, which was cool. Mm. Mike Sosha accepted the guest spot in like half a second. He just really wanted to do it, which is why cool. I think they made his character the way he was. Yeah. He just really wanted to get on board and work in the power plant. You know what's great about Americans in general, actually? The fact that they've got nine sports stars and they all gave great performances and great readings. If that had have been in Australia, never in a million years would that have worked. Because if you ever watch a crossover ad with an Australian footballer or cricketer, they are so wooden. Yeah. It just oh, it kills me. Whereas guys in the US seem to have a lot of pep about them. Like, they're just cool dudes and they have no trouble being charismatic. Maybe it's how they're directed, though. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe it's just that in America, it seems like you can kind of get away with being yourself more. Whereas in Australia, they're all kind of taught to be this carbon copy of each other and don't say anything offensive and don't do yeah. anything outside the box. Whereas, you know, in the States, they're more about... I feel like there's a, a line from Shaq or a quote from Shaq that almost sums up all of American sports stars. It's like him taking the piss out of himself, saying that, um, you know, I'm not in it for the money, man. All I care about is uh, something about... All I care about is playing the game, wearing Reebok and drinking Pepsi or something like that. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a really great quote that no one in Australia would ever, would ever get away with saying. I can see what you're saying in regards to Australian athletes, but when has an Australian athlete ever had a chance to be an actor? When the, Shane Warne was on Neighbours once. Was he wooden? Yes, very. Yeah? Yeah. I didn't see it. Pretty much all he said was, thanks, mate. But do you, but, Cheers. But these guys might have been the same if they were on screen. Yeah, possibly. But, I mean, you've got Brett Favre that makes an appearance in... There's something about Mary. Dan Marino was in Ace Ventura and didn't look out of place. Yeah. That's just off the top of my head. Yeah, no, no. I, I concede. I concede. <laughs> Ozzy Smith has stated that he would like to be a guest star again on the show so he can get his character out of the Springfield mystery spot. Mm-hmm. Don Maddenly, he was forced to obviously shave his sideburns off by Mr. Burns. This, I don't know what it is about that story, man, but it's just hilarious. I told you to <laughs> trim those sideburns anyway. <laughs> He would later um, have an actual haircut controversy while he was mm. playing for the New York Yankees. Now, a lot of people thought that the show mm. was actually referencing that, but the Ooh. show was recorded before the Yankees. Simpsons did it first. Exactly right. They <laughs> predicted the future. Yeah, so basically the story was the coaching staff apparently, they wanted to sh- him to shave his mustache off mm. and he refused to do it. And then he was kicked off the team until yeah. he did. I'm, I'm not sure. Was what that when he was at was. the Yankees? Did it say? Well, it says at New York Yankees. Yeah, yeah, Yankees. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have loved that conversation with Steinberg. <laughs> Oh, you've got to go. <laughs> the mustache is turning off the crowds. You've got to get rid of it. People start to talk. Sorry. I don't know what Steinbrenner actually sounds like. But he, has, he, he convulses Larry. when he talks, apparently, according I, to you. I only know Larry David's version of it. <laughs> Terry Casham, who sings Talking Baseball, he was brought in to sing yep. Talking Softball, and he thinks, oh, he says that Talking Softball gets requested when he performs live more than Talking Baseball. Mm, that's cool. I would pay the same singing talking softball. How great would it be at a karaoke bar? Talking yeah. softball, <laughs> the actual guy. Uh, many aspects of the episode came from The Natural. Um, yeah, they the did. Movie. Yeah, Homer's yeah. Wonder, ba- is Wonder Boy. Yep. Uh, they're both destroyed in the end and the stadium lights exploding at the end, which has been... The pit, uh, that's done been it. done to parody. death. Yeah, but The Natural things. is where it all started. I remember for some reason... <laughs> the Natural also has one of the greatest... Sorry, this is slightly off topic. It's got one of the greatest out-of-the-blue deaths of all time. Mm-hmm. Michael Madsen plays like the centre fielder there or something. And he just... Throughout the movie, he doesn't really give a shit. He's on good Spoiler money. Spoiler alert. 
Oh, come on. The movie came out in like 1937 or something. <laughs> he Throughout the movie, he doesn't really care. He's getting paid good money. It doesn't matter that the team's losing and he's not really putting in. Whereas the natural Roy Hobbs, he is busting his ass and he eventually kind of lifts him to perform to the point that he starts chasing... Like he's having a really good game and he's putting all the effort in. He starts chasing a deep fly ball, um, kind of goes up to the warning track through the fence, runs through the fence, dies. Just really? flat, like you see him run through the fence and you go, oh, poor, poor guy, he would have injured himself. The next scene is him being like wheeled away by the coroner. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? what? So the borrel here is half it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put your, your body on the line. The one I can remember the most of in regards to the, the lights exploding, the parody, mm-hmm. is from two guys going to pizza place. Oh, okay. One time they had a softball team. It was them two and a team full of chicks. So it was yeah, like a right. mixed league. And he like hits the scoreboard and the scoreboard like explodes like the stadium lights. But yeah, anyway, yeah. that's what I remember. There's uh, big ba- show of my childhood. Basketball did it pretty well. Yes, they too. did too. Yep, yep. So the original air date was February twentieth, nineteen ninety two. Scored a fifteen point nine rating, Nielsen rating, and twenty three percent shared to win its time slot against the Cosby Show. It was written by John Swartzwelder, mm-hmm. which explains a lot because he's a fucking amazing writer. He's apparently a big baseball fan as well. The chalkboard gag was "I will not aim for the head," and the couch gag. Now this was a couch gag that I. Can't remember seeing ever. Obviously, I've seen it, but the family all run into the room and they bonk heads and like knock themselves out. Hmm. Not even wearing saucepans. No. Um, you know, interestingly, Harry Shearer didn't like this episode. By the way, I remember reading that. I yeah, they thought that they thought that it didn't focus enough on the main characters, and they thought that it was a little bit too surreal in its comedy. Yeah, which I don't agree with. No, me either. It was sort of one of those ones where. It, it, but it's kind of weird how like some of the cast members thought that this was one of the worst episodes. Right, it wasn't did. just Harry, was it? No, no there was uh, one other. I don't remember who, but some like you know you got a couple of people in the cast that really didn't like it, and then a few people, like well, virtually everyone else connected to the show that thinks it's the best work that they'd done to that point. Let's think about it. Who else appears on in the episode outside of the family? Uh, well, Lenny and, and Lenny Carl, and Carl like and the, and the, and the plant better. workers. Who and else? Eddie and Lou. Yeah, Eddie and Lou. I can see what they mean because they didn't really get to. They weren't really focusing on Springfield as a whole. They, mm. Maybe at the time they were seeing it as, like I said, a marketing ploy to beat the Cosby Show. Mate, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe anyway, it, it's Harry's been very outspoken in regards to certain episodes that you think like hardcore fans love them, but Harry's just like, yeah, yeah, not yeah. for me. Yeah, uh, as the, but the con- like the phenomenal thing is how great Harry's work is as Mr. Burns in this episode. Oh, amazing! I love the f- the byplay between him and Daryl Strawberry. Yes, the way yeah. he's always sucking up to Mr. Yeah, Burns. Yeah, but they're both sucking up to each other. Yeah. Like, Burns sucks up to Strawberry <laughs> as much as Strawberry sucks up to Burns. It's the one time you ever see Burns, like, suck back. Like, like yeah, some of these guys have a bad attitude, Skip. Mm, they sure do, Strawberry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the episode kicks off with Homer filling his face with donuts. I thought the animation was quite crude here, of Homer eating the donuts. Mm, yeah, there re- were a few... Really big pupils. And there were a few moments where the animation was a bit crude in this episode. Bart yeah. talking to him at the table in one as well, his yeah. teeth were really off. Yeah, you're right. What I did love in that, though, is just the way every time Homer sees donuts, it's like he's never seen donuts before. Yeah. Or that it's been a hundred years since he has, like, you know, it's just... It's like a sailor coming home from the sea. Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> you know he had 15... Two hours ago. <laughs> well, well, and he must always eat them like this too, because like, oh, Homer's choking again. Yeah, <laughs> I did like Lenny. Lenny warns him, doesn't listen to him, starts choking. The good thing, the, the, the best thing about this scene is, they obviously needed a way to get them to look at the board mm. to find the softball sheet. Yeah, instead it's, of just having them walk in and see the sheet, it's a really just, great bait and switch joke. Yeah, yeah, that comes up where Lenny goes up to the board, 
in front of a sign with the Heim- how to perform the Heimlich yeah. maneuver. Goes, oh, look at this! And then it whip pans, pans across. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I did love the. <laughs> Isn't there a first aid chart around here somewhere? Somebody scare him. That's for the hiccup. <laughs> you know, this episode was credited with saving a life. By the way, of someone was choking and someone else who had seen this episode. They were young kid. This is vague Wikipedia yeah. style. <laughs> Citation needed. You added this, didn't you? <laughs> so I've completely made this up. No, I'm sure that someone like performed the Heimlich based off what they had seen in this yep. episode. For me, I would have credited Mrs. Doubtfire with my knowledge of how to perform the Heimlich. Yeah. Help is on the way. Yeah. <laughs> the face falls off. <laughs> the other workers are reluctant, reluctant to sign up. This is great too. This to me felt like an actual live action sitcom gag. Oh, my last year we were 2 and 28. Look, I know it wasn't our best season. Actually, it was. Well, this year it's going to be different. You'd see that in any sitcom. It's not a very Simpsons gag to me. It just feels like a cliche sitcom gag. It's, it's yeah. funny, but yeah. it's not the kind of gag you usually hear in it's the Simpsons. Got that. It's kind of the rhythm of it. It's yeah. real. It just sort of any continues on talking. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Homer tells the guys, or he convinces them by saying, that I've got this secret I've weapon. I've got a secret weapon. And everyone signs up instantly. Yeah. They don't even know what it is to that point. Well, they've got their vision in their minds. Well, yeah, that's true. Then he thinks ray. it's a ray gun. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I was thinking, actually? The big mitt, like how one of them... Big glove, it, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, they imagine the big glove. Why isn't the guy with the giant hand on the softball team? He'd be great in the outfield. Oh, he hasn't existed yet. Catch everything. The writers haven't created him, but it's that would have been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a perfect way to introduce him. <laughs> Make a flashback episode and have him in the outfield. <laughs> so we cut to home. And Homer's showing Bart the bat. Great line from Bart here. What's this, Dad? A, a homemade bat? It's something special, son. A homemade bat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tells the story of how he um, created the bat. Now, I completely forgot about this gag. There was a storm. I locked myself outside. Yeah. So underneath a large piece of sheet metal hid underneath the tallest tree I could find. <laughs> it's tremendous. It's it, it just sums up Homer brilliantly. Oh, but as a kid, I wouldn't have really found that funny. I just listened to it now and I'm like, that is fucking amazing. As a kid, you took it as advice. <laughs> the exactly. show was credited for saving three lives and killing a ending million. eight others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the lightning then strikes the tree because he's underneath it with a piece of sheet metal. Yeah, I love it. And in his voiceover, how instantly he jumps to the end conclusion. Something told me this was a special piece of wood yeah. that I could make a bat out yeah. of. <laughs> I just love how he doesn't see how what he did was wrong. Yeah. So I grabbed a piece of sheet metal and hit it under the tallest tree I could find. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so Homer spends all his time making this bat. March tells him Puts to come to bed. his homemade football. Yes. Oh, how good. <laughs> how funny was it? <laughs> uh, March calls him to bed. He's still in bed. Keeps uh, plating yeah, the wood. Yeah. <laughs> Shavings everywhere. Get back out. Bart's very impressed by the bat. Um, Homer thinks he's going to hit 3,000 home runs. Yeah. How many home runs are you going to hit? Hmm, 10 at-bats. Uh, 30 games. 30 games. 3,000. <laughs> I do like, though, when Homer is genuinely good at something. Like, he's actually really good at baseball. Softball. Softball, softball. Yeah. I keep saying baseball, but yeah, yeah, softball. He's really good at it. Mm. He should have continued. Yeah, that's true. But, but he lost his bat. Uh, no, but he hit the home run in the last game. He didn't have no, his bat then. He didn't hit the home run. He got hit in the head. Oh, of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do anything. <laughs> so we cut to the first game and it's against the police force. I yeah. do love how they've, they've just got all the stereotypes and made them all teams. Like yeah. the Indians have their own team. Yeah, that's true. All, all the quickie mark guys. The, the scene though where they... The, like the montage part where it's going on the train to different things as it shows mm. the different pendants. I love how it shows just how large and diverse Springfield is. Yeah. It's kind of playing with geography a little bit. I mean, Springfield's just a town. I know, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just funny how there's just this... They've created this actual world in the show now. Yeah. You know, so many different communities. Anyway, that's jumping a bit too forward. So, I, I love this from start to finish this scene, by the this way. This reminded me very much of low-level Australian cricket. And I'm sure it's like this in 
in local American baseball sports. Yep. Like <laughs> local American baseball sports. I sounded like one of those presenters that they get to that is knows nothing about sport and suddenly they get thrown <laughs> onto a panel. Tell me about the baseball sports that yeah. you're playing. But um but like <laughs> the uh well to leave first you gotta chug a beer. And uh, second chug a beer. If you get a hit chug a beer. Oh and the fourth thing is the beer inning. And then we can with hey we know how to play softball. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. I just love when they had the Simpsons go to the baseball because I just feel with the music and everything they just really encapsulate the atmosphere of a baseball game. Mm. Like I've never been to a baseball game, but I watch this and I'm like, this is what a baseball game would be like, or a softball yeah. game, same thing. Yeah. So then we said the grand rules, chugging a beer, which is great. Then Chief Wiggum's batting, and the, come, the call comes over, emergency. Yeah. Turn that thing off. <laughs> <laughs> Turn off that damn radio. <laughs> Marjan does a commentary, which is amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the next man wants to hit the ball too. And he does. And there he goes off in that direction. And everyone is happy. Uh, Mom, why don't you let me call the game? That's all right, dear. I can do it. You know what that... Have you ever seen the Boom Goes the Dynamite guy? No. It's fantastic. Listeners, if you're out there, please, <laughs> for the love of God, get on your YouTube, search Boom Goes the Dynamite. You'll find like this. It, it, it's a guy on the radio presenting college sports who clearly knows absolutely nothing about the footage that he's watching and has less charisma than a flea. <laughs> like, it bet. But he pull, tries to pull out the phrase and boom goes the dynamite. But it's after like, and the next, and that guy has it and he puts up a shot and boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> the I, I'd written here that the score, by the way, when Homer hits his home run, like that, the little like, yeah. like the way the score kicks in. It's been a while since I've watched The Natural, but that music felt really familiar to... I assume it's from that. It felt like a movie score, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it really did. Or like Tin Cup or something. Like yeah. It just felt like the underdog rises up and does something great. Yeah. Uh, the police sort of shoot their guns when they're excited. Chief yep. was like, cut that out. Then Homer shows his magic bat. Check it out, boys. My magic bat. That's it? Yeah, I got a magic bat too. And I got an enchanted jockstrap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just watch. Then obviously Homer hits the home run. Everyone's happy. He mocks the police. Get his mm. registration. <laughs> yeah. You know, I hadn't thought about this in this episode until now, by the way. But do you reckon that this has any play in the motivation as to why Ed and Lou later give Steve Sachs such a hard time? Because the power plant team has knocked him out of the softball tournament? I hadn't thought about it, but that would make sense. I like yeah, like I, I kind of, as much as it's funny that they just pick on him for no reason at all. It's I not also, funny. I feel sorry for Saxon. Yeah, I feel sorry for him too. <laughs> but I like the idea that they've been stewing on it all these months and then they finally get a chance for their revenge. It's like Animal Kingdom. <laughs> Listeners are probably like, of course that is, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, yeah, we are really, really smart. We, we figured something out. <laughs> but it just, it had never occurred to me. Neither. Yeah. I always just thought they were being dicks for no mm. reason. That makes so much more sense. Yeah, because they're never dicks for no reason. No. They're dicks, but they're never dicks for no reason. And they had no reason to pull him over. Mm. Fuck, that makes so much more sense now. Even if it was obvious to everyone else, we're both happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy with ourselves. I'm, you're happy. You're, I'm happy with you for bringing it up. <laughs> um, and I thought this was a really great transition of showing Homer celebrating and then cutting to them watching it. Yeah. Like zooming out of the television. Yeah. And they're both watching it. They're both just in awe of Homer. I want to get you a beer. You can both get me a beer. <laughs> And then one reason for kids. And then he wants them to play in the classic super slow mo. I love Homer's oh, yeah. after he hits it. The <laughs> even he can't believe it. <laughs> and then this is when we get the montage of like the train ride and Homer hitting all the home runs, like Homer pointing one direction, hitting it the other way, stuff like that. Well, yeah, and then calling it afterwards. 
Like he hits a home oh, yeah. run, turns around, <laughs> and then points. Yeah. It's going to go there. Um, as we said, it shows how diverse and large Springfield really mm. is. It's, even though it's a bit referencing Babe Ruth, by the way, for people, that, I'm sure oh, yeah. everyone in the world knows that. But just in case, and this scene is actually referencing a film called Pride of the Yankees from 1942. Oh, the train, the train, train overlay right. with the map. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Not the first time that they've done that, by the way. In um, Dance and Homer, they also have a reference to Pride of the Yankees when he gives his black and white. Oh, he's doing all the dancing. Like, yeah, yeah. He cuts to black and white, and he's giving the speech about leaving for Capital City. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, then the team have now they've stopped ridiculing Homer for the Wonder Bat because it's actually winning them games. So now they've brought their own. They're all on board. Special bats are. I think one of them's got the Carl's uh, got a piano leg. Yep. And Charlie's got his sister's wooden leg, which I thought yep. was funny. Now the piano leg was a reference to Norm Cash of the Detroit Tigers. Apparently, he once tried to bat with a table leg in a game out of frustration. Yeah, because the guy was overpowering and he threw a no hitter. Yeah, yeah. Pitcher had thrown a no hitter. Yeah. Which, so you which is it's very rare. In baseball. Yeah. It's it's essentially like oh fuck it. Like, you know, I can't, I can't win. Yeah. I'm just yeah. going to do this. Yeah. And then it cuts to the million Millionaires Club. The Millionaires Club. You must have one million to enter. Yes. And Shelbyville owner has a different voice now. No more John Lovitz, which I was disappointed yeah, with. Yeah, I know. He must have been out of town. But John Lovitz, they wanted him to be a bit more intimidating, I think, here. I don't think, John Lovitz was comical. Yeah, that's true. I don't know whether John Lovitz's voice saying this dialogue would have worked. Would have worked as much. They yeah. could have reworded it, I guess. But uh, I was just still disappointed. It's such Lovitz. a funny back and forth. Yeah. Would you care to bet a million dollars on that? No, if we're going to bet, why don't we make it interesting? What, a million dollars isn't interesting to you? Oh, did you say a million? I'm, uh, I'm sorry, my mind was elsewhere. I thought you would start with a small amount, then we would bait each other, and... But you know how it goes. Yes, certainly, a million will be fine. <laughs> Cut back from commercial. Mr. Burns is trying one to plot... One of the plot. great... Back in, yeah. One of the great Smithers responses. Yeah. Like, is it wrong if I cheat in order to win a million dollars... Sorry, is it wrong to cheat in order to win a million dollar bet? Yes, sir. I'll rephrase that. Is it wrong if I cheat? Oh, no, sir. <laughs> Who do you want killed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Burns reveals his plan to buy professional players. And he and we get another great Burns reference of just how little he knows about modern times. People picking people from 130 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then he tells me that he has to find good players. Living players. Living players <laughs> from the Negro League. The Negro League. <laughs> Because that used to be a that thing. Was a, I know I'm not laughing at the fact that they said they were Negro either. No, 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 of course not. Just the fact that he thinks it's still there. So, <laughs> I know. It's just, again, Burns being so antiqu- and, uh, antiquated. And Harry's um, acting at the Negro League. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, he emphasises it so much. And he gives Smithers 24 hours to find it, which I thought was a really random dramatic line. Like, they cut to the music. You have 24 hours. Like, it just uh, seemed odd. Yeah, it seems odd, but I guess it gives, it gives the next scene some impetus. So he goes to Jose Canseco. This was another good bait and switch. The, I, uh, would you like 50 grand? I 50 grand for only one game? Oh, that's yeah, a pay cut, cut but yeah. what the hell? Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> like, you think that is a lot, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Sosha is hunting, shoots Smithers because he thinks he's a deer. And then yep. he says, hey, he's always wanted to work in a plant. Happens all the time. Yeah. Always wanted to work in a plant. And then obviously it's yeah, going to work. Or somewhere like a blue collar job with and, big, big yeah. knobs and dials. Uh, Ozzy Smith is at the Elvis Museum. And mm. he's just... He must be. He must like to go around to different tourist attractions. Also. Yeah. Well, I, well, the way he's written in this, whether yeah. or not he does in real life, but yeah. he plays it up so well. Don Mattingly is very. He was very. Mattingly is my favorite. He's like, come in, come in. Can I get you something? What's your name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How amazing is it? See, I, I I understand now. There was no AFL player would be able to act like that. No, they wouldn't. It's like he's taking the piss out of himself. You even hear like an AFL player just do a commercial, and they oh, they're the worst suck, on radio, aren't they? Fuck, man, oh. they're so bad. Like. Come. You should come to Bendigo Bank. We have the best interest yeah, rates. Yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm... No, not even that charismatic. Hi, I'm Joel Selwood from the Geelong Cats. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, you know, uh, Geelong Ford is giving away practically their cars for nothing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> Maybe it's just because they're pushed into a booth. Here, say this and then get out. Like yeah, they're not actually directed. Know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Steve Sachs has a band, mm. and boy, would I? Yeah, I just, I just love. I think the joke is the fact that they're just so open to it. Well, yeah, I was saying it's a gag. Just how quickly they all buy into it. Yeah, like, like it, no convincing. No way in hell would they. Like, no. do you want to come? Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any idea how much money I get paid to go out and not play softball yeah. in a nuclear power plant? But yeah, like they're all just like, yes. And that's why it's funny. Yeah. yeah. And even Pern's threatening to send them back to the big leagues. <laughs> what more outburst like that and you're back to the major leagues. <laughs> so Mrs. Burns introduces them all at yep. the power plant. I think he introduces like four of them with jobs. He's like, and we'll find jobs for the rest of them later. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and then he tells them to sign up. So she's like, I'm going to work. You will sign up now. Yeah. That's what he says at the outburst yeah. line. It's amazing. And then obviously Lenny says, Mr. Burns, with them on a team, you won't need us. We'll do I love a home like a Homer. We introduced the storyline of his insecurity about Daryl Strawberry, uh, and then that's the classic Homer yeah. Strawberry line. <laughs> yeah, you're Daryl Strawberry. Yes. You play right field. Yes. I play right field too. So. Well, are you better than me? Well, I never met you, but yes. But the thing is, that wasn't recorded with uh, Dan with in the Dan, room. Yeah, it would have been so hard. That, well, they would have had someone else reading lines back to him. Obviously, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Homer's upset at the dinner table. Marge is trying to stay positive and say, maybe they'll keep you. Yeah, another great bit of Homer advice. Yeah, well, Bart's, Bart's annoyed because he says, Homer, you told me never to give up on anything. And then we get which advice? Now that you're a little bit older, I'm going to tell you this. Is it I'll tell you the truth or whatever it is? No matter how good you are at something, there's about a million people better than you. <laughs> gotcha. Too hard. Don't try. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can't win. Don't try. Yeah, can't. That's it. Yeah. Burns is then talking to the team. I've got here, his outfit is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Just the old school baggy hat, the fucking baggy the high clothes. pants. <laughs> oh, everything about this episode is great. Oh, I love how just Burns throws himself headlong into being <laughs> He's a, a coach. an 1890s softball manager. He, oh, uh, Mr. Burns just makes this episode for me. The way he just gets so into it. The yeah. fucking the jiggle at the end when he's yeah. doing the signals. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, then, so, he's saying, basically, it doesn't matter who you are, you don't get guaranteed a spot mm. in this mm. team. Who one of the bad players? Homer, Homer Simpson, Simpson, sorry. So Homer Simpson, Homer's like, <laughs> yeah. he's got the look, he's so proud of himself. He tells them they can't drink, is it water anymore? They have to drink the brain tonic? Brain tonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The brain nerve tonic. Yeah, brain and nerve tonic. Again, like just, you know, an elixir from the eight, the, the 1800s. Yeah. And medicine balls. Yeah. Like, it's just <laughs> such an old school approach. And he's, he's, he says under his breath, it's known to cause gigantism, planting the seed for later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where we get the Ken Griffith line of, uh, it's a powder Party in my mouth. mouth. Which was apparently very hard to record, but he starts drinking it from the bottle. Mm. Then we get the training montage. <laughs> but this was probably my favorite this is shot. My favorite visual gag in almost of ever. all of The Simpsons. <laughs> it's the subtle the guy, fence, the fence shake. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also the look at his eyes. Like you just see this moment of face. It's like a Looney Tunes moment where like his face is left behind like while the rest of his body is moving. Yes. But for people that haven't watched the episode or don't remember what we're talking about, it's when one <laughs> uh, one of the players is, you know, in batting practice, Burns comes up and so caring and warm. It's like, here. And he's going to show, show you. you how to take a bunt. As soon as the ball hits the bat, just flies back. <laughs> and it's just the, the, the subtle... <laughs> sort of like a big hit. Yep. It's a subtle tap and then the fence. Yep. <laughs> you know, the best part about it is you, you don't, don't see, see him hit, hit the fence. Yeah. That's what's so great about it. Just the fence shakes. Oh my God, that couldn't have been done any better, that shot. <laughs> That's probably my favourite in the whole episode. And then Smithers and Burns are very confident. What are you going to do with your million dollars? <laughs> Throw it on the pile. Throw it on the pile, I guess. <laughs> so it just shows that he doesn't even care about the money. He just wants to mm. win. But well, the million yeah. dollar bet means nothing to him. 
Then we get the very famous hypnotise uh, scene with the yeah, 10% yeah. line. Now, this was a difficult bit for them to edit yes, together. Yeah. Because they'd all recorded their dialogue separately to be able to lay it all down and, and get the entire group at the same rate. How hard would that have been? Just like, to sit there and just each fucking voice. You, well, know? you pretty much do that every week <laughs> to get rid of all of my mistakes. I'm, we're not in the same room. I actually recorded this last week. I recorded this next year. Uh, cut to Strawberry stealing the ball from Homer. Homer's like, I've got it, I've got it. This was the uh, only uh, really cartoonish gag in the whole episode where well, he stays up in the air for a long time. Falling into the hole of nothing is cartoonish. Oh, okay, as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he just stays up in the air for a really long time. But I just love when he gets down with his, yes. Yeah. <laughs> He starts sucking up the burns. It's just the the burns and strawberry dynamic was something I didn't really pick up on much. And doing this review, I was like, "Fuck, that is really funny." Yeah, just the they're just best mates. Yeah, they are. <laughs> it's just so great. It's, it's how I imagine Hodgie and Clarko are at Hawthorne. <laughs> like every club would have those things where the the coach has his favorite player. So uh, Mike Sosha's at work. I do love the fact though. It's it's actually really understandable the way they've got him that he just enjoys the lack of pressure. Well, yeah, but I mean, the joke about that is that he's in an environment where there should be more pressure. Yes. Like, it's kind of common on society that they put more emphasis on what he's going to do trying to hit a little ball playing a sport. Yeah. Where he spills some radioactive materials. Like, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. But the thing is, though, a lot of people might have said that, you know, why would he go from the major leagues to working in the power plant? That makes no sense. The fact that he just wants to get away. Because some people, like, I work in a factory. Some people are just very happy to spend 25 years, same machine, same job, because they have no responsibilities. Mm. I don't want to live like that, but some people, some people are very, very happy to live the life like that, and that's I can understand why they'd have his character doing this in this episode. Uh, Ralph and Bart are then picking players for their teams. I'm sure little pickup game. Yep. Yeah, it's great. Just it, yeah. this was just merely to just get from one scene to the next, pretty like, much. Just jump forward in time, but it's just hilarious. It's just so convenient. The yeah. pros just rock up whenever Ralph's picking somebody. Yeah. Hey, can I play? I think it's Wade Box. You got yourself a player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, maybe flash to Space Jam when um, Charles Barkley, like, hey girls, that's Charles Barkley. Hey, can I play? You're not Charles Barkley. Just some wannabe who looks like it. Be gone. Be gone. Be, be, be gone. gone. <laughs> oh man, <clears throat> Space Jam's great. We, people, need to re- we need to review Space Jam. People ask us all the time, what Simpsons quotes do I use in real life? That line from Space Jam, I use so goddamn yeah. often. Just whenever... Like, anywhere, anytime someone who's really great makes a mistake. No, not that he's really great, but even after the results of the Australian election, which no one would have really predicted the big swing against the Liberals. Like, you ain't Malcolm Turnbull, just some wannabe who looks like him. <laughs> Be gone, wannabe. I said a Space Jam line once at work, and you probably won't even get the reference either. The guy next to me, he's a young guy, didn't get it at all. Mm. But the boss, I'd done something wrong. The boss sort of like growled at me a bit. And I, d- I just apologized and said, whatever. Like, I didn't, like, react. He goes, why did you, like, let him talk like that? And I'm like, because he's bigger <laughs> than <laughs> we used yep. to be. But I, all I said was the bigger part. And the guy's like, what? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, he's shorter than you. Anyway, way off track. So, um, this is where we get the first Mattingly uh, Burns sideburns. Yeah, 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 yep. Mattingly, get rid of those sideburns. What sideburns? You heard me, hippie. It, well, it just starts, like, it's funny at the beginning. Just you escalates. Know, cast your mind to when you've never seen the episode before. It's just a little throwaway, a throwaway line as he's yeah. walking past. Just oh, how wacky's burns, and then you know you, you have no idea what it's about to turn into. Uh, Clemens then destroys the Wonder Bat with yep. his fast paced one pitch. pitch. Yep, and I love how he just ah! yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like he goes from so confident, like I've got Wonder Bat. Yeah, <laughs> Burns then calls in the team for the final pep talk, and Strawberry's still sucking up to him. Yep, something was lacking. Let's call it. Heart. No hustle either, Skip. That's right, Daryl. So then the team is named, 
I love Burns' um, if your name is on the list, I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> did you make the team? Yeah, you did. Woohoo! Yeah, oh, wait, are you Ken Griffey Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> it's the music cue too. Like, you think, oh, he has genuinely yeah. been picked. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, and, you know, great gag, given that it's one of the baseballs that does that. Who would know? Who would know? And Ken Griffey Jr. was a young, thin black man, and Homer <laughs> is not. Come back from commercial, and we get the evil music. Burns is writing the names oh, of the team down. great foreboding. The jinxes? We yeah. jinxes himself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Three? Like, three misfortunes, perhaps. Seven, Seven misfortunes? Well, that's an outside chance. <laughs> but nine misfortunes? <laughs> Highly unlikely. <laughs> Cut to Steve Sachs, who gets pulled over for absolutely nothing. Yeah. But as you said, it might be because yeah. the cops have a vendetta about it's just like, you're from New York, ain't you? Didn't I read about an unsolved murder in New York? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I you just don't know when to keep your mouth shut, do you, sexy boy? We can when they lock him up. Nice work, boys. I think we can close the book on just about every unsolved crime in our fair city. Don't I at least get to call my lawyer? You watch too many movies, sex. Mike Sosha has radiation poisoning. Will I be able to play softball? Tomorrow? <laughs> no, by tomorrow you'll barely be able to breathe. Oh, man. Dr. Hibbert, Ken Griffey Jr. needs to see you immediately. We think it's an overdose of nerve tonic. Good Lord. Gigantism. Oh, it's so great, gigantism. <laughs> Can Seiko then yeah. saves the baby. I'll the save your baby. Get in here, the cat. My cat as well. And then the, the play at piano. Yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man Goes in there and saves them And then Homer is still Well yeah Like in between All of the things We get this little yeah. Homer and Marge in bed scene Yeah Homer you're good At lots of things Like what? Like snuggling? Yeah but None of my friends Can watch me hmm. uh, Then we cut to Bugs Now I never really used To find this funny But for some reason I was laughing my head off at this When I watched I, it this time I always found it funny I think it's just the fact That Barney knows something yes, About British Prime Minister. That's Ministers. what I loved about it yeah. yeah And then when he knocks out Mo And he's so passionate about and it That's what's great Yeah he's so passionate about something That Barney would not normally Be passionate about Yeah But as a kid I used to not understand The big deal about this Lord Palmerston stuff. It's just so random Yes It It, it would, makes would it, no sense it, whatsoever Where random comedy Is so big now Would it have been as funny In 1992 Do you think this scene Or do you think it's just One of those things That's no, way ahead of still, their time Ahead of its time Still would have been funny Yeah <laughs> just, just knocks him out. Bang! One punch. Yeah, <laughs> Barney's an animal. Um, and then we get to the Smith. police. The police have locked up Sachs yeah, in yeah. the prison. And we've already spoken about that. And of course, Ozzy Smith goes to the Springfield Mystery Spot and falls down. Yeah, <laughs> look, I love you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great little scream. The guy's so happy. Let's just see. Once you go in there, you may never come out. Yeah, like he's not hiding it at no. all. <laughs> <laughs> I told you what's going to happen. Homer then doesn't want the family to come to the game because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want them to see him sitting on his butt. Yeah, we've seen it, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we cut to the game. Obviously, there's players missing. Burns is still very unhappy about the sideburns. For the last time, get rid of those sideburns. Look, Mr. Burns, I don't know what you think sideburns are, but don't argue with me. Just get rid of them. It's one of those moments. I'm sure everyone would have had this happen to them at work when your boss has asked for something that you know, like you just don't know what the fuck they mean, but they're angry. And you know you have to do something. Yes. <laughs> like, it's a horrible position to be in. So you just go off and do something, hoping that it's the right thing to do. Mm. He's then, Mr. Burns is then worried where all the players are. Um, Smith explains Sachs is um, going to have six life sentences. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Smith's in the mystery spot, takes a photo of the E equals MC square. Yep. Uh, Kenseiko still removing items. The, the dryer goes on the right, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was a nice gag. Uh, you've just killed both of my trivia questions, by the way, so oh. I have nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ruined. 
for and, you know, I apologise, listeners that look forward to that each week. I've got five questions, so I'll make up for oh, it. F- Jesus, <laughs> Clemens then uh, thinks he's a chicken. Where did the, oh from the psychiatrist? Yeah, from the, the hypnotist. hypnotist. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he bad threatens him. Yeah, I did a good job. Yeah, Very open does. Yeah, I was going to say that it's like Jedi mind tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not your fault. You did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> Then he fires Manly for, for shaving the sideburns. I, I told just, you to trim those yeah. sideburns. <laughs> it's so amazing. And then Manningley's line as he walks off, <laughs> still like him better than Steinbrenner. Yeah, which is a gag that a lot of Americans would appreciate. I'm not sure whether or many Australians would know Steinbrenner Seinfeld is. Seinfeld fans. Seinfeld fans as yeah. well, yeah. Obviously. Outside of that, no, probably not. Yeah, yeah. Burns then concedes that the riffraff are all he has left, except for Homer. Because you completely forget that nothing's happened to Strawberry. Yeah, You're exactly. Like, oh, of course, Homer still has to sit yeah. out. So Homer's disappointed, and Lisa and Barnett start taunting Strawberry. Yeah, this is one of the great sports Darryl. lines. <laughs> Mom, they're professional sports players. It rolls right off their back. Yeah. And and it's not just the tear. He actually goes. <laughs> yeah. He actually whimpers. Yeah. I thought I'd never really picked up on the whimper. It's um. I don't know. Like, is this in a, in the states? Is that a common cat call style to just say someone's name and like it would be like with you if I was just going Dando, or is this a reference to Reggie Mer- Miller? In that Reggie, because he's got Cheryl Miller, who you know is one of the best women basketballers of all time, that he would be playing in the opposite opposition fans would often chant Cheryl whenever he had the ball. That would make sense. So yeah, like, is it? Because in Australia, if you're chanting that, it's usually because you like them. Like you'd say, Haji Selwood. Yeah, 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 maybe a little bit faster. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely curious to know with Americans, is that a common way to put someone down, or was it a reference to what exists? And I wonder if anyone whose name is Daryl hates The Simpsons now because you just know they get chanted like their name gets chanted like that all the time. Mm. Wouldn't if you had a friend called Daryl, would you or not? Every time, every time I spoke to him. If I had a friend called Daryl. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Don't you? No. What's your dad's name? Darren. Darren. Oh, close. nearly. And then it cuts Burns to looking Burns. looking for inspiration. Looking for inspiration. <laughs> Massage my brain. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Just the, okay, what so a visual. And like the... There's the sound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the sound effect's amazing. Strawberry. Hit a home run. <laughs> Sure thing, Skip. Yeah. And just hits it out of town. I told him to do that. Hits it onto an overpass that you didn't even know existed yes. in Springfield. Told him to do that. And Smithers, it was a great plan, sir. Yeah. <laughs> great strategy. But I f- again, to, to bring that back to AFL, I f- whenever Hawthorne get in trouble, I feel like that's it, Clarko's mentality is, Burgoyne, get in there and get me a clearance. <laughs> so just like that. Sure yeah. thing, coach. Yeah. <laughs> Does, I told him to do that. Yeah. <laughs> he actually says that as well. Now, uh, cut again to Marge filming still, and she's filming up and scratching himself. Oh, dear. Hmm. Children, tell me when your father stopped scratching himself. Kids? We'll tell you, Mom. Burns pulls... He then randomly pulls out Strawberry for Homer. Yeah. Does he really explain why, or just has a, a, an inkling? Uh, left-handed. Um, oh, left-handed. He wanted to get a right-hander in against a left-handed pitcher. Is that true? Does that make actual sense? Because um, I don't know much about softball. I don't know the ins and outs, but in baseball, they will definitely have, you know, like they'll they'll they track stats of how well you perform against righties, how well you perform against lefties, how well certain lefties throw against lefties versus righties, okay. blah blah blah. So they it could make sense that you would pinch hit for someone if you thought it was going to be better. Yep. Um, if for that particular matchup. Yep. Of course, in this instance, it's not. <laughs> I've been just had nine home runs okay. today. You should be very proud. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, for some reason, I loved Burns' use of the word thrice. Not once, not twice, but, but thrice. thrice. <laughs> yeah, it's always stuck in my head as yeah. well. Whenever I want to refer to something that's happening three times. It's just great, yeah. And then Homer's just drifting away thinking Aww. of... What's he thinking of? I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, potato chips or something. Yeah. He's just thinking about eating food. 
And then Burns does the signals, which are just like the highlight of the episode. Yeah. Just the jiggle of the ass at the end. And Homer's just confused. Homer's just dumbstruck and knocked out by the ball that he doesn't see coming. And I'd completely forgotten that happened. Yeah. Oh, well, no, I'd remembered. I always just thought Homer hit the home run. But yeah, I was like, oh, of course, that's what happens. perfect way to end. Yeah. And then obviously Homer, everyone wins. Everyone's happy because Homer's won the game for him. And then they have to roll Homer off the plate. To get, mm. the, to get the home run, which mm. I thought was great. And then we get the team photo. Homer's still passed out in front row. That shot, I want that as a poster. Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, the, apart from, like, how does Ozzy Smith appear in that photo? Like, he's just kind of there as a ghost. Yeah. Uh, what are, he's not dead. He's in the mystery spot. So, how is his ghost thing in the photo? Well, it, baff- that- it confused me somewhat. Well, that, that, that had to get him in there somewhere, I guess. But he's in the mystery spot. We know where he is. Yeah, but stiff shit, he didn't turn up for the game. But uh, Ozzy Smith would be like, well, I want to be in the fucking final team photo. Yeah. <laughs> You're so annoyed by this. I was. <laughs> Your face was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if I was in the writer's room, I wouldn't have allowed it. What a shit episode. <laughs> Whoa. Well, okay. Well, we've just had a blackout, but we're still recording. Yeah, we have. That's all good. <laughs> Battery power. You something? Oh, you got light from your phone. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> for, for listeners, I assume you're going to leave that in. For listeners... Everything in uh, in the suburb here just turned off. We have a blackout. Hello, wife. Well, Dando's wife. Nicola, come in here. We're recording this live of the podcast. Come in. Still recording. Say hello. Hello. My name's Nicola. Uh, she doesn't ne- actually talk like that. Pe- pe- people <laughs> might remember her from the wife out trivia. We've had requests to do that again, by yes, the way. Yes, I've seen I that. Yeah. Ash over here. How are you still recording? We're still recording because this is battery operated. Awesome. Okay, so do I need to check? I'm being licked somehow. Oh, it's Chet. Pardon? <laughs> no, I... <laughs> Yeah, your neighbour's house is off as well, I think. Oh, wow. So someone's obviously hit a power pole or something. Well, this is enthralling radio, isn't it? We're doing a podcast in the dark. I know. This is how I imagine the listeners live and their my, lives. My trivia questions are gone, though. Yes. Oh, well, wait. No, no. I emailed this myself. I'll go get my iPad. Okay. Um, <laughs> Continue, though. We'll the, finish. The ba- we're, we're literally in the dark. The batteries that I was joking about before, we can just hook those up to a generator or something, <laughs> right? There's like 50,000. kilos of them. Yeah. 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 So, well, anyway. final thoughts on the episode anyway. Absolutely um, fantastic episode. No, yeah, One no. of the best we've reviewed so far. It's an amazing episode. It's so just goddamn funny. Yes. And From I mean, start to finish. There's no got, dull moments. It's got a storyline. It's not one of the episodes for heart or anything along those lines. It's just an episode to make you laugh and have fun. I can understand why the main cast probably didn't like it as much because it doesn't really focus on the actual characters. It's more yeah. It's more of a, hey, check out all the guest stars I, we have. I guess if you weren't, if you were in the cast and you weren't watching the episode back, then purely acting this wouldn't have been much fun. Yeah, for for most of them in like, but you know, if if you're a cast member that was also a fan of the show, then it would have been great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's probably where the difference was. I, I, Harry doesn't strike me as the sort of person that would have been watching these go to where. Like Hank, I've heard, you know, he's he doesn't really pay much attention to the show at all. Really? He's yeah, not very no. big on on social media either. Yeah, Hank's Hank. Hank's not a fan. Um, I've I've heard people close to Hank talk about that. Doesn't like The Simpsons at all. Yeah. Well, and not so well, much it's just as a job to him. It's not that, he, yeah, yeah, it's just work. He doesn't, he's not like a massive fan of the show. Listeners playing, listeners at home, I'm talking into pure darkness. I can't see Mitch at all. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I can hear you. This How is, weird is this? This is like, you know, you were joking before about not being in the same room. That's pretty much what this is. <laughs> no, it's talking. like I'm in a booth in Sydney and you're down in Melbourne. It's like we're just doing a phone call or something. What do we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from this episode, Mitch? What are you wearing, Dando? Um, <laughs> I, I, um, I learned that... Uh, sheet metal and a big tree are generally the safest place to hide under in a storm. I learned that brain nerve tonic, whilst tastes amazing, can cause gigantic. Can cause gigantic. Probably should avoid it. Hopefully to your genitals. Yes. Now it's time for trivia. After you get my iPad. 
<laughs> okay. Dando's leaving the room. It's going to leave me here in the dark alone. If I can come up with now, something. Now, I want, I want you to keep recording stuff because I want to listen to it when I'm editing. Okay. I was going to say, if I can keep up, come up with something even halfway entertaining here, it'll probably stay in. Otherwise, I'm going to be talking to myself in a dark room. It's a little bit spooky, but what I can see is Dando has an amazing collection. Dando's spoken before about his Tarzos. What he's got here are some glow... Or Pogs, for American listeners. There are some Simpsons ones that glow in the dark. I didn't know that until now because most of the times that I've been in a dark room with Dando, I've had a leather mask on my head. Hey, hey, little Pulp Fiction gimp reference out there for anyone older than 18. You back? You might not have heard, but I was just making a joke about us having gay kind of dominatrix sex. Why is that a joke? Well, you There's know, nothing wrong with that, is there? You joke about... You write what you know. I can hear Nicola calling out for Jet and Jet stuck into the room here. <laughs> but I didn't even notice he came in. <laughs> a black Labrador in a black room. I had no idea. <laughs> Uh, I was talking, so I couldn't hear him outside of my headphones. Well, well when Nicola walked in before, I got, started getting licked on the leg. I was like, Nicola, <laughs> <laughs> there's people here. <laughs> Alrighty, so I just pulled out my phone because I emailed the trivia question to myself, just in case we had a blackout. When Saxy is driving down the suburban street, and he's saying he wants to buy a house here someday. Yeah, yeah. There's a sign on a tree that says garage sale. What was the date of the garage sale? Oh, October 6th was the garage sale. Okay. Well, it says 10-6, which means October 6th in America, doesn't it? Because we say 6-10, don't we? Yeah, 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 we do. Yeah. yeah. In in the opening scene, the Heimlich Maneuver poster, what is the man choking up? What's coming out of his mouth on the poster? Is it like a lobster or something? It's a lobster, Some sort yes. of seafood, yeah. yeah. It was lobster, okay. yep. Yep. Oh, I'll give you one. Okay. Nay, what, in that in that same scene, there's a like a building, for some shoddy repair work that's been done to the plant. Did you spot what it was? No, I didn't. One of the pipes in the roof has been taped or like bandaged together by like a bandana. It's just like a yellow rag has really? been tied around a pipe <laughs> to prevent a leak. That's awesome. What appears on the Springfield softball team's caps? Uh, an atom? Smile and Joe Fishing. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. That's similar. Like he's, he is an atom just with oh, yeah, okay, okay, hands yeah. and feet. What crime is being committed when Chief Wiggum is batting? Uh, was it a stolen car or is it a shootout? Armoured car being robbed. Armoured car being robbed. So it's a combination of the two. Yes. And in the scene where they're in the gym, um, you know, the little quick shot where they're all working out in the gym after mm-hmm. they've got medicine balls. Yeah. You know that shot? Yep. What is Daryl Strawberry doing? Drinking tonic? No, he's being... No, that's King of Virginia. Does. Yeah. He's being weighed by Smithers. Oh, okay. So they are my five trivia questions for Homer at the Bat. I hope you enjoy them listening at home. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh. Now that the trivia is out of the way, which means it's now time for the mailbag. Now, do we still have a mailbag or do we have to make it up on the spot? No, we've got a mailbag. We've got a mailbag. Okay, awesome. My phone fortunately runs off petrol. Yes, that's great. Mailbag. Keep it backed up. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. If you'd like to chuck a question our way, we'll get to answering it in future episodes. Mm -hmm. We've got a couple uh, that have come through. We've got. So, we've got one from Mark Mosley Greatwich, who's okay. written in. So, uh, this is a little bit of a... It's one of those, you know, it's got a question plus a little bit of praising us at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Fat boy slim style. I've been listening to the podcast for a while now. Started about halfway through the second season. Yours is one of two podcasts that has made it into my regular rotation that isn't from Kevin Smith's Smodcast <laughs> network. It would be great if we could get featured on Smodcast. I don't know how we can... We, I, I'm sure... We got, contacted, Kev- we got contacted by Podcast One. Did we? Yeah. Well, I didn't know about that. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But uh, it, it's interesting to know that you're a big fan of Kevin Smith because for Kevin Smith sounds that name's so familiar. He's uh, he's this guy right here. Hey man, it's Kevin Smith, Son Bob from all those terrible Jay and Son Bob type movies, and you're listening to Four Finger Discount, a podcast where they actually talk about real shit, not that crap we normally talk about in our podcasts. Yeah, that's right. That was from when we reviewed Dancing Homer. Mm. Kevin Smith decided to be he saw us and he goes, "Wait a minute." Fuck, you're that guy. You're the four-finger discount guy. Fuck, man, I love that show and I love The Simpsons. Can I please do a shout-out? And stop sending me photos of your balls. He actually did a whole review of us, but he wasn't good enough, so he locked his part (laughs) out. (laughs) This is why people think we're smug. (laughs) I'm joking. I've been recommending your podcast to many friends and uh, Simpsons lovers. I'd forgotten how funny the show is and and how much I'd enjoy The Simpsons, but thanks to you, I've rekindled my love for the show, which is, again, what we're all about. We're just trying to build that community and, and have that conversation that you didn't get that you don't get to have these days about loving yeah. TV shows it's together. Just lo- how great is it when you just find new people that you like, mm. we've got so many listeners that write in we've never met them but I feel like they're my friends mm. I was just wondering if you know, look this is a question we've been asked a few times but because it keeps coming in I, I don't mind answering it every now and then it's okay. um I was wondering if there's any time you've been able to successfully use or change a Simpsons quote in a real life situation well, well I've used it mine I've said numerous times is just gonna put my shoes on and yeah, I do find myself for some reason saying yes a lot now. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I um, for me, like I mean, I do it all the time, but it's just I do it so often that I don't sit down and then remember it afterwards. But um, Ash, my wife, actually had a good one. We were watching some golf the other day, and oh my god, something really funny happened. I got to share a story about it. But uh, one of the golf players' surname was Simpson, so we're in a sports bar, which is why the golf was on. She just looks over her shoulder, glances at it, sees the TV. His name was up with whatever his score was. And just, it caught me so off guard that she just gave it the simple, Simpson, eh? Yeah, that's awesome. Mm. I thought it was going to be that. <laughs> it, was, it was all I needed to just, like, I leaned across the table and gave her a big hug. But then, like, what happened that was phenomenal is there's a guy playing named um, Billy Hurley Third. Now, for people that aren't aware of this, like, this is, <laughs> it's a phenomenal story that I'm about to tell. But what had happened is she looked and went... The third? Who does this guy think he is? When you be such a douchebag about it, just be Billy Hurley. What do you need to have the third for? Well, you have to sometimes. And, and why are you wearing a visor? Why is it, you know, guys in golf, why do they wear visors? They don't have ponytails. The visor is a stupid hat. <laughs> she just, she spent about 10 minutes going off on this guy. Uh, the next day I'm driving home and I hear the story of Billy Hurley the third. The reason he's Hurley the third is that he comes from a really proud naval background. Like yeah. his dad was in the Navy, his grandfather the case, was in the yeah. Navy. Yeah, so that's what it was. He's ranked somewhere around about 600th on the PGA Tour. So he's by no means a great professional. He's a little bit, you know... He's Happy Gilmore. Not even that. But <laughs> like, no, he's a little bit better. But, you yeah. know, he's making a living, but he's by no means well off playing golf. Uh, he hadn't qualified for this tournament. Tiger Woods actually extended an invitation through to him purely because this tournament was being played at the na- a couple of miles away from the naval base where he trained and where he served himself. That's nice. He wins the tournament. He won? Yeah. From nowhere, he wins. He's pocketed a million dollars in prize money. He's, for the next two years, his tour card is guaranteed. He's got entry to the US Open, the British Open, all that sort of stuff. Like he, This is a life-changing event for him. How did, so okay. I'm telling Ash how about does, it. How does he win this and be ranked 600, though? He just played really well. He just, like he just, Djok- Djokovic he, got beaten last. Kind other. of, yeah. He yeah. just strung together four really good rounds. Yeah. Um, but so like, I, I hear this on the way home. I get home and there's a replay of it. So like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. I'm like, hey, bub, you've got to check this out. So as we're watching Billy Hurley make his way down the 18th 
and like you know the commentators going up about it and I'm telling Ash about his background and why he's called the third she's like oh I just feel like the worst human being in the world it then cuts to his family so like he's he's got a 13 year old 14 year old son something along those lines son's just bawling his eyes out like he's so happy for his please tell me it's the fourth his his wife I didn't find that out actually his wife's there she's overcome with his emotion the grandparents there and then um, there's like this little black boy there gone that of course is his adopted son from Ethiopia (laughs) for fuck's sake like could this guy he's the nicest human being in the world (laughs) and you were just just shitting on him exactly I've never and my face throughout it all was just full of glee because I've never (laughs) seen her feel so awful (laughs) good (laughs) anyway so, um, any more questions from was it Mark? Uh, no, that was it. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, thanks for the question, Mark. Thank you very much. All right, we'll move on to an email that had come through from Simon Fathers. Simon, uh, question. Sorry if this has come up before. What character's backstory would you like to see explored more on the show? For him, it's Lenny. Uh, though it might have been done in since in the last ten years, he hasn't been watching too much. I, I would like to. Oh, did he say Lenny as well? Did he? Yeah, I, know. I said I Lenny. That's, yeah, you did. <laughs> I um, I'd like to hear. I for some reason I feel like it's been done, but I can't remember mm. in recent seasons. Are uh, Duffman? Yeah, okay. I'd like to hear how Duffman became Duffman. Yep. For me, call me crazy. I'd like to see an inside the actor's studio style episode around Bumblebee Man. Yeah, that'd be funny. I'd, I'd like to give him, like, you have this guy known for his slapstick, giving a really articulate and and well thought out kind of walk through his career and his childhood life well we actually get a really cool insight into his real life in 22 short films about yeah yeah we do just comes home take the suit off sort of hangs it on the rack I like it too when um, when I think it's Brockman or whatever gets taken out and then he comes in and he's like something in Kuala Lumpur like he starts speaking English like what (laughs) yeah 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 Um, Simon's got a second question for us that I kind of liked as well outside of the family who was your favourite female character I had a crush on when I was a kid Laura Powers oh okay I don't know. I've always had a thing for chicks who aren't tomboys, but like they just they seem like one of the boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you know, you can just take them out. So you're getting the, jealous not, about not, Jimbo? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, so not not girly girls. I, I just like like for example, Laura Powers. You can just she'd go out and play video games or kick the footy with you or something. Yeah, okay. I like that in a girl. By the yeah. same token, I well not not in a tomboy sense, but I mean like token of having crushes. Jessica Lovejoy would have done it for me. Yeah. Something about the tabooness of being the minister's daughter, I think, would have. I didn't like her because she was just a bitch. Yeah, I know, but I would have turned her around. <laughs> um, oh, what do you go for all the bad boys for? Yeah. <laughs> no, my favourite... Uh, I think my favourite female character is actually Lunch Lady Doris. Yeah? I just love how much she doesn't care. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just... That's, that's it. <laughs> like, she never says more than three or four words, but she's always got so little passion for what she does. I'd like her backstory. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I feel like she would have come over after the... like. I don't know, you know, um, war, uh, what's the word? Refugees of like, you know, the 40. Her parents would have been refugees, came to America. Well, she's American, isn't she? Why do you immediately think she's not from America? No, well, she, she's grown up and she just adopted the American accent. She spent her whole life in America, uh, okay, but yeah, I think I her parents are from yep. elsewhere. Yep, yep. I'd like, maybe a connection somewhere to, who was that? Um, was it Bloody Mary? There was some woman that like was Irish that migrated, I think, and she um, was working in kitchens or something in New York and she made people sick. No idea. Someone will know what I'm talking about. Okay. Send it through. Mailbag of four-finger discount. Very famous woman that I should know the name of. But thanks for the question. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. Now, Dan Thompson. Hello, Mitch and Dan. I just listened to your review of Bart Lover. Mm. The toy that you were thinking of that was like yo-yos that you sort of juggled with two sticks and a bigger stick were called 
devil sticks. Ah, for all you international listeners, that's what they're called. At the very least, they were called that in Canada. They were also called flower sticks and gravity sticks. So you Gravity can, sticks sound so much cooler. Yeah. That was devil sticks sounds weird. Flower gravity sticks. sticks. Flower sticks for girls. Get your own gravity sticks available now. Batteries not included. <laughs> but anyway, you can Google devil sticks and they will come up. Yeah. We've also got one that's come in from a Mason. Uh, didn't have a surname from Mason. Well, I did, but... It doesn't matter. I don't have the sermon in front of me now. Blackout. Can't go back and find it. Yes. Sorry, Mason. Uh, he's really been impressed with the quality and uniqueness of each episode that we've been able to produce. He's been listening for the last, well, over two to three weeks. Has caught up on every episode. I'm a little concerned when I keep hearing people saying, I've just found your podcast and gone back to the start. I'm like, oh, don't do that. No, but it's okay as long as they keep listening. No, because they listen to the first episode and they get it. They think that's what every episode's like. It just, I feel like they're going to hear that and go, this is shit. Like, we weren't shit. But compared to what we are now, I feel like we've improved a lot. Yeah, and if, but if, if that's your first taste of the show, I'd be like, well, these guys are bad. Yeah, but overall, you kind of evolve with the show. Well, I hope so. Yeah. Well, Mason clearly has. <laughs> he's been, anyway, he was saying he's really impressed with the quality and uniqueness of each episode. And I do like trying to bring a little bit, yeah. like trying to mirror what the episode that is. Well, this is the four like, finger discount first. Fucking blackout. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But I mean, like trying to mirror what happens on the show and then bring a little bit of yeah. the show's vibe into how we're talking. Every, well, every, every time I, read I don't want to sound too wanky about yeah, yeah. my every, process. Every time I read somebody say, oh, I'm listening to the first episodes, you guys are really great. I'm, I always think in my head, oh, you're just saying that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, hearing you grow from your beginning has been great to listen to and something that I aspire to do myself That's one nice. day. Now, enough with the ass kissing. <laughs> Never quite enough with the ass kissing. As someone who wants to start up a cricket podcast in the near future, what could you say mm-hmm. are the, some of the best tips you could give to someone just starting out in the podcast game? Um, get good we're, equipment. We're by no means experts. No, <laughs> no, we're not. But I've listened to some good podcasts and I've listened to some bad podcasts. Yeah. Equipment is pivotal. Yeah, invest in something. I mean, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars, but probably a few hundred. Get a decent microphone and something that you can record well on. Go on to eBay and get some Shaw fifty eights or Shaw fifty. I think it's Shaw fifty eights. Yeah, that's what is I'm that Shaw S H O R E S H U R E Shaw fifty eight mics. They're really good. That's what you're using now. That's yep. what we're using. Um, and I've obviously I forked out six hundred dollars. It's not worth that much now. Yeah, you probably don't... Do you, for the Zoom H6. Do you need to spend that much for the... Like, if you just you get yourself a Zoom, in a get, bedroom. If it's, if it's just you by yourself. Yeah, I, I, don't, I got this purely for the... If you want to go do on-the-spot recordings. I mean, yeah, if you're okay, doing so a you cricket podcast... you. If you're doing a cricket podcast, you might want to go interview players at the local game or something. And yeah, you can just true. take it with you and record it. It's, yep. it's, I highly recommend anybody who wants to do a podcast get a Zoom. The, fucking, the ease of use is amazing. Yeah. And outside of that, learn a little bit about editing. And, and just get a structure. Like, you know, before you do it, do a few test Structure shows. is very important. Feel free to do a few test shows just for yourself and then maybe listen back to it. But yeah, get a bit of a brief idea. And I mean, that's going to evolve over time as it has with us. But get an idea of, okay, I want to talk about this. Then I want to talk about that. Then I want to talk about that. Maybe think of one or two segments that you can do. Took us so, a while to get a structure happen. Yeah. But once you've got that framework, then it makes it real comfortable to sit down each week. And, and it makes the show just so much easier to do because you mm. just know what's required. Mm. And then a question for me, who is my favorite cricketer of all time and who do I think I most resemble on the pitch? Uh, my favorite cricketer of all time is Mark Waugh and I probably most resemble Zoe Goss. My favorite player when I was a kid, Bevan. Michael Bevan, yep. I just feel that in the clinch moments, like towards, oh, yeah. towards the end of one day games, if you needed 10 runs off the last over, put Bevan in. Bevan was your man. Bevan was like the man. Like, yeah. I don't think he was a great bowler, but just... If he was batting and you needed so many runs off so many balls, if Bevan was there, they did it. You know, he was just, he was able to bring it home. I just have all these vivid memories of the 90s watching the cricket and seeing Bevan hitting the home run. 
Oh, not the home run, hitting the winning runs. Yeah, well, the, the, the very, very famous one where he hit a boundary off the last ball. The four? Win, the four? Yeah. yeah. Um, Bill Lowry's comment. Yeah. Like, Probably pitch it in towards like Snump on the fall. He's got that. That's four. Yeah. That's victory for Australia. And he throws the helmet off, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, he was only wearing a hat. Oh, a hat. He was okay. just wearing a cap at that point, just stood in, the, stood in the middle of the pitch, both arms raised, one of the greatest yeah. sporting moments in Australia. I, I can remember watching that. And it was, yeah. well, they always used to do that in the commercials for Australian okay, cricket. And they would have the, it, yeah. the song underneath. They'd be like, go. Aussie go. Yeah. Let's anyway. see. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those great, really kind what? of colloquial Aussie sports. What do you, what do you, what, what do you prefer? That or come on, Aussie, come on, come no, on. No, I prefer um, go, Aussie, go. Yeah. But I grew up on go, Aussie, go. So that's probably why. Okay. Well, I, did, f- I did like the spoken word parts of come on, Aussie, come on. Like yeah. That. We've been training all the winner. And there's no team that's better. And that's the way <laughs> it's got to be. Oh, shit. But we forgot a little bit trivia thing about the episode. It oh, just, my God. What? It's the Homer's title, uh, the title of the episode, Homer at the Bat, is a oh, reference yeah. to uh, Casey, at the bat. Casey at the Bat, which is a really, really dark poem. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Like, I, let me. I'm going to bring it up. It's a little bit long, but it's the end of the episode, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> what was your favorite? Why are you getting that? What was your favorite footy anthem? Uh, Mine has always been "That's more, the Thing About Football." Yeah, I've always liked it um, more than a game from the Footy Show. Okay, so it's more than a game. But it's not based purely on football, though. It doesn't matter. It's not a football show. It counts. Yeah. Okay. Casey at the Bat, which is a poem from 1920. Uh, the text is filled with references to baseball. How long is this? As it was in 1888. Uh, it's a, look, it's a few... You're not reading more than two paragraphs. It's a few stanzas, but I, well, I need to. Oh, I'll, I'll speak. I'll read. Because it'll teach you, like, to understand the very end. There better be a payoff. There is. Okay. The outlook wasn't brilliant for the Mudville Nine that day. The scores... Stood four to two, but with one inning more to play. And then when Cooney died at first and Barrows did the same, a sickly silence fell upon the patrons of the game. A struggling few got up to go deep in despair. Uh, in deep despair, the rest clung to the hope that springs eternal in human breasts. That thought if only Casey could get but a whack at that, they'd put up even money now with Casey at the bat. So basically, they've got this gun in the lineup. If Casey can get in, we're still a chance. But Flynn preceded Casey, as all as did also Jimmy Blake. The former was a Lulu, and the latter was a fake. So upon that stricken multitude, grim melancholy sat, for there seemed but little chance of Casey's getting to the bat. But Flynn let drive a single to the wonderment of all, and Blake, the much despised, tore the cover off the ball. And when the dust had lifted and the men saw what had occurred, there was Jimmy safe at second and Flynn a hugging third. Then from 5,000 throats and more there rose a lusty yell. It rumbled through the valley and it rattled in the dell. It knocked upon the mountain and recoiled upon the flat, for Casey, mighty Casey, was advancing to the bat. There was ease in Casey's manner as he stepped into his plate. There was pride in Casey's bearing and a smile on Casey's face. And when, responding to the cheers, he lightly doffed his hat, no stranger in the crowd could doubt t'was Casey at the bat. Ten thousand eyes were on him as he rubbed his hands with dirt. Five thousand tongues applauded when he wiped them on his shirt. Then, while the writhing pitcher ground the ball into his hip, defiance gleamed in Casey's eye. A sneer curled Casey's lip. And now the leather-covered sphere came hurtling through the air, and Casey stood watching it in haughty grandeur there. Close by the sturdy batsman, the ball unheeded speed. That ain't my style, said Casey. Strike one, the umpire said. From the benches, black with people, there went up a muffled roar, like the beating of a storm waves on stern and distant shore. Kill him! Kill the umpire, someone shouted in the stand, and it's likely they'd have killed him had Casey not raised his hand. With a smile of Christian charity, great Casey's visage shone. He stilled the rising tumult, the bade... He bade the game go on. He signalled to the pitcher, and once more the spheroid flew. But Casey still ignored it, and the umpire said, Strike two. 
Fraud, cried the maddened thousands. The echo answered fraud. But one scornful look from Casey in the audience was awed. They saw his face grow stern and cold. They saw his muscles strain. And they knew that Casey wouldn't let that ball go by again. The sneer is gone from Casey's lip. His teeth are clenched in hate. He pounds with cruel violence. He's bat upon the plate. And now the pitcher holds the ball. And now he's let it go. And the now the air is shattered by the force of Casey's blow. Oh, somewhere in this favoured land, the sun is shining bright, and the band is playing somewhere, and somewhere hearts are light, and somewhere men are laughing, and somewhere children shout, but there is no joy in Mudville, Mighty Crazy has struck out. Why is that dark? Because you think he's going to be a hero when he strikes out in three pitches. The team loses, they go home sad. The two no-hopers are the ones that get the hits. And I Casey, thought he was going to die somehow. Casey fucks it up. <laughs> it's all, I really like, I was like, it, it's such a long build-up to just, bad luck. Yeah. Go home. <laughs> I was like waiting for him to get shot or something. Okay, well, it's not quite that dark. <laughs> I, I, I can understand why you mean it's dark, but I, I think... I have to say that in a dark room, I really... I, I got into that. <laughs> I, know, I, I could tell. It's still a pitch black room. I forgot you were here. <laughs> you just ran here to yourself. I was. You could have left. Trembling with fear. I wouldn't have known. <laughs> you look Homer from The Raven. <laughs> I was. That was my Raven moment. You were Quoth. Like, Oh, quoth. <laughs> so I hope you all enjoyed our review of Homer at the Bad Hope. I'd love to hear what you thought of Mitch's poem reading. <laughs> <laughs> Mailbag at fourfigurediscount.com.au. Thanks again to all of our donors from this week. Maybe Watch- I should do some more poems next week. If you pay there us- once was a man from Nantucket. If you all donate a dollar this week, Mitch won't read any more poems. That's what I said for you. So fourfingerdiscount.com.au forward slash donate or just go to PayPal and send to fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com much appreciated guys thumbs up to everyone who's already done it in the past as we said Bart vs Australia and You Only Move Twice reviews are coming up very very soon so listen out for them we'll advertise the shit out of them when they're there it'll be on the Facebook page obviously and we'll talk about them more once the links go live exactly and please rate and review us in the iTunes store it's very very important to help us boost up the rankings on iTunes Mitch any final words are you still here I can't see you is that your hand on my leg yeah. <laughs>